Hey folks, it's Todd Dills, back with another edition of Overdrive Radio. And since you last turned tuned in here, well, I guess I don't really need to tell you that things have changed markedly. Anybody out there trucking or riding this thing out at home well knows that the COVID-19 coronavirus continues its spread in the country from the feds to state and local governments to every individual at home or on the road is more or less taking all practical steps available to mitigate the spread. For countless truckers I've talked to in the past week and a half or so, a lot is business as usual just with a renewed attention to personal hygiene, awareness of high hand traffic surfaces, of distances from other people. Some I know have looked at their own risk relative to potentially getting sick with this thing and have taken some time off. Others have seen freight dry up, particularly those in operations running principally in support of big trade shows or other public events that have been put on hold until further notice. Or those who have customers who've shut receiving or shipping locations down responding to concern for staffs there or state-mandated lockdown orders for quote-unquote non-essential businesses. Today on the podcast, though, we'll hear from two operators, regular listeners and overdrive readers, are likely to recognize two who are in operations where demand in the short term has been sky high. That is essentially, of course, food we're talking about. Before we get there, though, I want to highlight three things, all of them examples of a clear positive that, at least for now, is a growing reality out there in the country, not only for those whose work roles touch drivers directly, but for those who really have no direct connection to trucking other than a growing appreciation of the operator's link in the supply chain. That thing that ensures all that rice and those dried beans and all that toilet paper is sitting on those shelves or in that grocery bag when they're needed. Number one, and you can find this picture in a post on my Channel 19 blog that houses this podcast, the post for March 25, 2020 via overdriveonline.com slash channel19. It's a picture of a woman under a tailgate type tent in the breakdown lane of an on-ramp into a scale. She's holding a sign that says, I heart trucks, and standing in front of a table loaded up with, well, these were the words of the man who first uh, posted the picture, Rick Oliver. Iowa scales are open, Oliver wrote with the post just yesterday, giving out food, not tickets. Number two, and I am 100% sure there are scads of other examples of this one, a large fridge in a small fleet's Florida outpost, newly stocked with home-cooked food, for drivers heading out over the road and warehouses restocking with support efforts. Number three, well-known fitness trainer and coach Bob Perry, also involved with the CDL Meals Prepared Meal Delivery Operation of the Fresh and Lean brand, Perry got in touch with news that the head of long-haul trucking, uh, a fleet up in Albertville, Minnesota, seeing the new difficulties the company's operators have faced as more and more dine-in options on the road have been shut down, Bought a week's worth of CDL meals fare for every one of the approximately 350 haulers within the fleet. As Mr. Perry put it to me, though, there is so much that is tragic within all that is happening at this moment in the world and uh, U.S. history. Quote, I get the sense that after all these years, not only the general public, but the fleets are starting to recognize the real value of America's drivers. End quote. Hopefully, when we get on the backside of this thing, he also said, that will continue, and indeed. Now, to the perspective of two operators, our own long-haul Paul Marhofer, who's out on reefer runs this week, and longtime owner-operator Ingrid Brown, who's been in and out of Hunts Point Market in the Bronx running produce to the city, 
which has lately seen the largest number of confirmed COVID-19 cases in the country. What's that like at this moment in time? A lot of you know the answer, I'm sure, though if you don't, here's what Ingrid Brown had to say about it this Monday when we talked. It actually is coming from a, a uh, produce, Holland Green Produce is who I'm hauling, I've been hauling for uh, up into the to the market. It's just their customers. So uh, yeah. that's, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. Is that a, I've been up there. Is that a regular, regular thing or uh, something you came to recently? Uh, something I came into recently, but I mean, okay. it's, it's, they've, they've always been there. Like I said, they're, they're from right there at home and all that. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, I popped out of Florida. Uh, they have, you know, farms down there. I popped out of Florida for them and then I just came there, uh, and, uh, started running back and forth up here, hauling bananas back. Um, and then, um, loading another one and coming right back up. Are you markets been no, real you, slow? You, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday it was really dead, but a lot of times that Sunday morning, Saturday nights they are um, because you don't have all the six wheelers in there. But it's still completely. I mean, it was going across the bridge, GW Bridge, out at eight o'clock on a Thursday morning last week was literally. I took a there's a picture on my Facebook and there's literally no traffic. I mean, nothing. Uh, no other trucks, no other cars. <laughs> just hardly anything. I mean, just wow. hardly nothing. But none, what you're doing is, uh, and I'm sure it's a, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that's in somewhat high demand for um, all the people that are holed up in that town, I, I imagine so. We yep. got to eat. Uh, yep, and you know, it's what they've got the highest percentage in numbers. Uh, that that I think we have what reported cases across the country. Well, I hope we uh, hope we come through this okay. What are you What are you doing to um, you know just uh, keep yourself in out of harm's way out there? Uh, well, actually, when I get to the market, uh, other than having to get out and open my own doors and hand my paperwork to them at the door, you know, they come to my door mm-hmm. to get my paperwork, and they bring it back to my to my door. I pull up and They've he, they've been shutting my doors for me, so I don't have any contact while I'm in the city, um, right. and at the market. Other than you know when I check in at the toll you know at the booth when you check in to get into the market, and then that the two times there. Um, other than that, it's it's pretty much um, if I go to the port over there, I have you know I check in uh, same thing. I back up to the door, call them. When I'm loading cabbage, I call. They tell me what door. I back to the door. I see nobody but one person walks up and hands me the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I came down yesterday to, to Bordentown, where I'm at right now, and um, went in and made sure I went in in the middle of hours where there was nobody inside. Grabbed a shower. Gotcha. That's you know, yeah, it's it's. I ordered something to eat. Uh, they and I brought it out to the truck and ate here. Um, I make sure that instead of like going to trash cans, I go to their main dumpster site because there's usually two or three open top cans there where you don't have to try to push something into a something with a lid or something like that. I mean, I think a little things like that. Sure. So other than that, I've been just you know staying in the truck, uh, trying to make sure 
hand sanitizer is impossible to find. That's impossible. I've literally been, my hands are, I, I did a video the other day and my hands look like I've been digging fence posts because I've been cleaning them so much with simple green and, and Clorox wipes and, mm. uh, because I can't find anything else, you know, uh, mm. yesterday I went through my whole truck and just took Clorox wipes and wiped everything down and then took some band disinfectant and wiped everything back down on top of the Clorox wipes. And I mean, and, and you kind of got to use your judgment of the areas you go into, but you can't lose sight of the areas you go into that haven't been reported really. Um, it's kind of a, um, I know at home they've had, now they've had more cases reported in the last 24 hours, even in my home county in North Carolina that, you know, who would have thought, um, and we don't know which, where they came from. Which know. county is it? Watauga, Watauga County, Boone, North Carolina. I live right outside. Okay. I live like 12 miles outside. I think the, the general sense that I get from just, reading news reports and listening to people at CDC and what have you is that uh, this thing's been it's been running around a little longer than uh, people know you know I think so too I agree yeah which, yeah, which, totally is, which is why it's it's pretty much everywhere but uh, I think so and I think the testing is what is making it more alarming we now have yeah. more and we now have a uh, Oh, I guess I should say more, more me, social media, more media, more, you know, mm-hmm. more than we, we have before. And it just really wasn't discussed that much. Yeah, the, the sort of fear factor is raised by the, just the volume, yes, and, volume of commentary. And yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, fear is legitimate for, for a lot of reasons, but um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, exactly. Of course, I work from home already, so not much has uh, changed for me other than I'm not going out, you know, like I normally would as as much, uh, near as much. But um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping they don't need those uh, uh, the extra beds that they've added, uh, converted at Vanderbilt Hospital out of a parking garage. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was was thinking, and 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 the ships yeah. and the, you know, all yeah. of this because you know I know this is going to really be a, it's going to be a tough time here. Um, I'm trying to get the medical. I don't know how you would even say it. You know, I I got to thinking last night that, okay, say what if I started, they maybe getting a, what do you even call it, a cold or sure. anything like that. Sure. Um, you start to feel bad, so right? What, yeah. You know, right. Yeah. You know, so I've been into a very highly exposed area, you know, a very highly confirmed area. But, and I know that, you know, I, I know that uh, with with my melanoma cancer, it doesn't really, is not a precursor to being more uh, susceptible to it. I did, I have found that out through AIM of melanoma and everything. But it, it, it still makes you go when you've been exposed to it and around in the area. What does that What does that do and put you in any type of party for testing or anything like that? Or where would we actually go in a truck? Where would you actually go? How would you go well, about that maneuver? You know. The short answer to that question is that if you have symptoms that you feel could be COVID nineteen related. 
First, review the CDC.gov symptoms checker and use your phone to put in a call to your primary care doctor back at home. If you don't have a doc, there are a variety of telemedicine providers out there who are available very affordable rates and some at no charge depending on groups you may be a member of. Those telemed consults, like anyone's personal doctor, should at least be able to give you uh, professional advice. Key decision any operator will be required to make if COVID-19 is suspected and if testing is warranted is where exactly to self-isolate, at home or on the road. It's a decision no one wants to make, I know. Check out our reporting from yesterday, March 24th, and today at overdriveonline.com for more. And that includes a decision tree of sorts that uh, fellow hauler Bob Stanton, a uh, tireless advocate as well uh, when it comes to medical uh, issues for drivers. Uh, he, he, that This decision tree he put together helped put together, uh, walks you through the steps of that process and the things to consider along the way if the decision presents itself. If you're a leased or a company driver, your fleet should be willing to help you navigate such a decision, yet decisions about your own health are ultimately in your hands, of course. For other resources, including detail on the uh, Urgent Care Travel Clinic Network that is standing up video consults and potential testing sites at some truck stop locations, visit overdriveonline.com slash COVID-19, C-O-V-I-D-1-9, for now. As for Ingrid Brown, she keeps on trucking, now in a 2020 Kenworth in the fleet of Fleener Brothers company trucks. Move the longtime independent owner operator made just within the last year. I am. I am. I'm actually, I just, while we're talking, I just got, got a dispatch for a load picking up uh, here in New Jersey, going to Ohio. Uh, of course, it's a, a food load. It's going from a uh, farm to a uh, action Aldi. Okay. Big yeah. thanks to Operator Brown for her time. Switching gears a bit here, we're going to transition to podcast audiobook form of sorts with a couple readings by Overdrive contributor and Muller trucking driver and now practiced podcast host himself with our own Over the Road project ongoing. That's right, I'm talking about Mr. Paul Marhofer, or Long Haul Paul, or LHP as some call him. You may have seen these narratives already, but they're worth hearing in the man's own voice here. Reflections on, stories of, trucking in the first couple weeks since the wide U.S. spread of this virus has been known, amid consumer panic that has ensued, and the real worry throughout the nation. What I hear in these, and Marhofer and I talk a bit more about this on the tail end of his narrations, is a growing intensity of interaction between the teller and the fuel desk and shipping clerks and so many others with whom those personal interactions are required out there. It's not just an intensity of a kind of friction, however, but appreciation, too. For those like you as well, as the rest of the world pauses, stare right back into the center of things. Those who have a job to do and get it done. Here's Marlton. We drive on a week in the pandemic from truck stops, picks and drops to home. By Long Haul Paul, read by the author. At a fuel stop in southern Michigan, stopping to weigh. I push the communal button at a cat scale and wait. It's 9 p.m. Normally, the stop would be pretty full by now. More than half the parking spaces here are vacant. After a few seconds, a weary cashier responds. First way or reway? First way. Truck number 230. I have your weight. 
You know the drill. By now, realizing my transgression, I get parked up and make a beeline for the restroom. Tonight, at least, there is soap in one of the dispensers. I scrub my hands like an army surgeon, like Lady Macbeth, like a 60-year-old working stiff with lungs shot from seven bouts of pneumonia. A middle-aged woman places my scale ticket and chains on the counter, deftly avoiding the reach of my hand, says thank you, and looks away. Who could blame her? I head out and push north to Livonia. For the first time in my digitally distracted head, it registers. This thing is on. In the tea leaves of the truck stop, much can be read. During the Great Recession, one of my oldest friends out here, a Kentucky-born driver we'll just call Lone Ranger, could predict with stunning accuracy how much the stock market would fall by the number of empty parking spaces at the Dalton, Georgia Pilot, exit 326. He pulled this off two or three times, ever mindful of his once flush 401k. He called me one morning while he was on his way to Florida. There was 80% of the parking spaces empty at the 326 last night. We're going to drop 800 points come Monday. Mark my words. Sure enough, I tune into the radio on Monday afternoon. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 821 points today amidst concerns of... After a while, though, he quit predicting. And we all hunkered down for what was to come. While I don't recommend you begin short-selling stocks based upon the Lone Ranger Truck Stop Vacancy Index, I do know it's probably never a good idea to underestimate any old boy from Kentucky or to touch communal buttons at fuel stops these days without washing your hands. Still, as weird as things are getting out here, consider the plight of our Chinese counterparts. As of March 4th, According to the Wall Street Journal, a huge portion of China's 30 million truckers were either locked down at home or quarantined somewhere on the road as government there mounted a huge effort to contain effect of the virus. One can only try to imagine the financial and relational toll on their spouses and families. Still, it's difficult to find any folksy index on how COVID-19 will play out here, despite the impulse to prognosticate in the face of panic. What I've seen and heard so far better resembles the first stages of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief, denial, and anger, especially for anyone who would view all this through a purely political lens. At a Michigan warehouse, a group of day-cabbers were clustered up last week, opining while I was waiting on my paperwork. There is nothing else now out here that anyone seems to be talking about. This is the O.J. trial squared, if not cubed, ubiquitous as Christmas music on Black Friday. The topic you're tired of but can't stop thinking about. A driver in biker boots with a crew cut and a long beard interjected, all this is is them trying to take down Trump because he don't take none of their, you know, rhymes with it. Well, evidently they must have missed because later that same day it was announced that Sophie Trudeau, 
Canadian equivalent of the U.S. First Lady had tested positive for the virus. Still, the five stages of grief? Come on, man, you may say. Regardless of the virus, one thing that eventually dies in all of us is the notion of our own indestructibility, biker boots notwithstanding. One day you're young, wild, and free. Then you wake up and you're 50, working in a Michigan fuel stop, praying some grubby-handed trucker doesn't breathe a pandemic upon you. So what's a $700 billion industry to do? For now, at least, in the words of Bill Weaver, we drive on. A veteran trucker called the Sirius XM Road Dog show host Mark Willis, my favorite interviewer on the network, and gave a simple piece of practical advice, well worthy of print, I'd say, to his fellow drivers. Carry your own pen. For me, yet more adjustments are warranted. I'm going to boost my 401k contribution to as high as we can stand. And I told my wife we were going to have to start practicing social distancing at the house. That was a tough one. You never know what I might be carrying home, dear. Never thought I'd get away with a statement like that. Now I'm carrying bars and bars of my own soap, in addition to the hand sanitizer I always carry. I'm avoiding communal surfaces whenever possible. And I'm going to break down and get that Cat Scale app again. I had it on an older device and was procrastinating to put it back on. Week two among the outbreak. The little things we lean on in the face of the unknown by Long Haul Paul, read by the author. At a colossal warehouse in a tiny Midwestern town, I wheel up to the welcome center for a drop and hook. A sign greets me, no truck drivers in the welcome center. A team of two security guards emerge, take my nine-digit pickup number, inspect my empty trailer for cleanliness, then instruct me to slide my tandems to the rear. The rite of admission now complete. Guard one hands me a load slip. We exchange thank yous, and I head around the bend to shipping. I scan the paper for the number of my loaded trailer. 314272. Fold the paper and put it back in my bibs. There's perhaps nothing I hate more than backing a 53-footer with the wheels slid all the way to the back in a tight, crowded drop yard. First of all, it makes me look like a hapless greenhorn, if not a perennial incompetent. Seven, eight pull-ups are not uncommon when the wheels are all the way to the back. Not sure how this happened, but it seems I was a better backer at 50 than I am at 60. At once I was relieved to see the lot just around half full. A rare pull-through requiring no backing emerges with double spacing on both sides. Call me lazy if you will, but I pulled right through it, dollied down and dropped. Numbers don't stick in my head like they used to, so I pulled the slip out and read it two or three times, making sure I've got the right loaded trailer. 314272. 314272. 314272. Bingo! There she is.
By the time I reach the receiving office, the load slip in my bibs is mangled like some wrinkled miniature scroll. I start to hand it over, but the clerk declines. She instead points to a new sign, instructing all drivers to sanitize their hands before turning in their paperwork. She's eyeing the load slip on the counter now, and her face contorts into a cocktail of umbrage and fear, as if beholding the finger of a cadaver. I work the sanitizer into my hands, hoping the time and care I take will ease her mind. The happy birthday I'm saying in my head becomes a Hail Mary. She pinches the paper now by the smallest piece of corner she can, holding it by the thumb and index finger like a thing defiled. She drops it gently on the desk at arm's length like a diffused bomb that might detonate if not handled carefully. She ascertains the nine-digit number, then sanitizes her hands. I'm suddenly overtaken by an ineffable shame. I'm not trying to make anyone sick here. I just can't get this load to Florida from a laptop. She is flanked now by a mountain of a man. The kind they grow out here. A good 6'5", 350. He's wearing a red bandana, Lone Ranger style, and black warehouse coveralls. He now eyes the load slip by unknowingly desecrated, takes a protective half-step closer to the woman, and glares at me through his train robber mask. Duck and cover! Duck and cover! The Cold War directive now rings in my head, Bert the turtle instructing school children to duck beneath their desks and cover their heads in case of a nuclear attack. The little things we lean on in the face of the unknown. It's easy to lampoon the measures others take to feel safe these days. Apologists for the iconic, though frequently mocked, 1950s civil defense film shown to school children everywhere, and by apologists I mean some guy in the comments section on YouTube, maintained that had the people on the far outskirts of Nagasaki's detonation employed that very tactic, thousands of lives would have been saved. One can allow that, while not stopping my own germs, sanitizing my hands at the check-in window may have prevented me from transferring the germs from the door. Fresh paperwork now in hand, I put the old Eaton Fuller 13 in gear, clear the guard shack, and head south, feeling lucky to have gotten out of there without further incident. I make it to Pioneer, Tennessee, get parked up, and hit the FaceTime to call Denise. She answers, brandishing a 16-ounce Budweiser now, a glean of mischief in her infinite Irish eyes. How's that social distancing working out for you, Paul? She takes a pull off of a Marlboro menthol. Well, shoot, if she's going to make herself comfortable, I'm going to grab me an apple. Oh, fine. What you got there, Paul? Uh, Gala? She chortles. So this is how it's going to be. One weekend of state-sanctioned social distancing is... She's a woman scorned. The rest of the week goes off with barely a hitch. That said, a driver's restroom at a customer is closed with an out-of-order sign. 
I'm consigned to a camping commode kept stowed in my truck for occasions like this for my morning constitutional. But I got through it, because that's what we do. Still, there's a dumpster near a warehouse smoking area somewhere in the south that may have gotten a little ripe by Wednesday. Just saying. I kick off my backhaul and make it to the yard. Text Denise my ETA and turn in my paperwork. Back in the truck now, there are two missed calls from her. She picks up immediately. Could you maybe pick me up a thermometer, she says. Thermometer? She is sobbing now. I have a fever. I head back now to the terminal restroom to, yet again, disinfect. I take a plastic bag with a bar of white ivory soap out of my coat pocket. It was always my grandmother's brand. With a Hail Mary in my head, I wash my hands. Hey, Todd. Oh, what's up? <laughs> I parked out there at Toledo. Just got out of the load of juice to the Michigan warehouse. I'm heading back to the yard now. I gotta ask, given the end of the second piece that uh, that we've heard from you here, how is Denise? Well, thanks for asking. Um, she, uh, Denise, um, is fine. She um, got a hold of the doctor, and and the doctor, you know, asked her a series of questions, and uh, apparently, it's at this point just she just had a fever. I think that is an interesting thing that's going on right now is a friend of mine's down with the flu. He actually had an ambulance come check on him at a truck stop near my house. And uh, no, you don't, you don't have COVID-19. You just have a flu, sir. So, I mean, there's still other stuff going wrong out there, but sure. it's just uh, a fever. is just, it's just such a terrifying thing right now. Well, that's good. Good to hear. I mean, I, you know, I'm on Denise for sure, and um, I know, man. It's uh, you, you hear somebody get somebody gets a fever, and you know, it's a, it's such a uh, something that happens to pretty much everyone uh, in the world uh, every year. But now it's uh, it's it has some some new meaning for sure. We have decided, unless there's any change in our company's policy that I work for, we have decided she she's going to just be with me in the truck for a while. And I just I almost think like the collateral impact of of the angst and worry and just the the just the um, the damage to the the, the psyche um, is almost it's almost like the malaria of this particular war. You know, it's there's there's you know how malaria has killed so many more soldiers than actual bullets and battle casualties. I mean, it's almost as if this thing has such a grip on us because it's being disseminated through digital space, a limitless digital space through, uh, in many cases, um, parties that whose metrics of, of success or engagement, whether it be outrage or anger and, and yeah. and um, I think you almost have to be as careful what you ingest as you do 
how often you wash your hands because it can, and I, I haven't figured out how to quite do that yet because you know, <laughs> you're just bombarded with information. And boy, I'm right there with you. Um, but uh, the sentiment is, is certainly well appreciated and is something that I've <laughs> certainly thought about as well. I've, I've taken to a, uh, a big Georgia football fan rather than read news all night uh, after I'm, mostly done for the day i i listen to georgia football podcasts which are still going on even though the football season is very much in doubt uh just as a way to you know disconnect from this for a little bit for a little bit you know i my my, i listen to nephew tommy who's the great prankster from the steve harvey morning show i go to sleep (laughs) listening to nephew tommy who's uh i mean his pranks on people are brutal brutal and it's amazing how how well people can take a joke but he has album after album of telephone pranks so i I have to cop to like this really sophomore sense of humor when it comes to telephone pranks i i love all the pranksters roy d mercer phil hendry um willie p richardson um travis smiley i'm just like a huge fan of phone pranks Interesting, interesting that Denise is going to come out on the road with you because um, that's and it's sort of in response to this. Uh, it's just like the psychic toll that that all of this is taking on on people on on you know two people and family that have to be separated because of the nature of what you do. I do I do feel like that that sort of psychic toll is is something that um, most guys that are still out there trucking. Like this is the biggest thing that they are dealing with, and kind of the worry about you know what they're bringing back when they come home. And yeah, I, you know, I, I am taking a little comfort in an old book called *The Plague* by Albert Camus, and there's an old doctor. Um, what? Yeah, this this was took place in Auray, French Algeria, and um, um, they had all these rats dying and the fleas from the rats gave the plague to the residents. And, and it's, the parallels are interesting. At first, everyone made a joke of it. And then when it started, it started like in the first inning, the first reflex is to blame the officials uh, for not seeing it sooner. But there was this old doctor who was trying to find a serum and his wife had been out visiting, um, in some other town or city. And, um, it had been away, and then and then the the town or the city of Oray was quarantined, and and they had it was a walled city as I understand it, and so you could not leave, but it, it, you could come in, but if you came in, you couldn't leave, and this this old doctor and his wife, they it wasn't like they were just deeply in love with each other, but they were accustomed to each other's they were accustomed to each other's company, and they just they just found it would be easier to accept um, whatever happened if they were together. So, and that's kind of the the, the point of resignation we've come to, which I I know that sounds really bleak and dark, but, you know, I've I've been listening to too much news and uh, I don't know. It's, um, I, I would, you know, her scenario, her worst case scenario is I get quarantined and she's there alone, worried, sick about me. My worst case scenario right. is she gets sick and I can't get home to, to take care of her. 
and, and the toll that that has taken on us. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. I, um, it's 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 just um, we we just decided we're going to do this together, and and that's just how this is going to work. Now, unless the the company I work for has had some change in passenger policy as a result of this, that's kind of where what we've arrived at. So I, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the the company there. I I started this uh, I started a podcast here with a little um, a little narrative that um, that I heard a little bit of from uh, I've heard it from a couple of different uh, angles of different places. But one of the one of the folks that I heard this from was uh, Dan Muller there at Muller Trucking, uh, mm-hmm. which was the anecdote of the of the fridge newly full of food for drivers as they go out this is really is bringing out the best out of a lot of people and we have a wonderful mechanic down down on our florida terminal named butch and he and his wife uh, spent their sunday just making buku uh, chicken pot pies and for homemade homemade and chicken pot pies and just filling the refrigerator for the drivers because they were worried we couldn't get to food, and um, and it was really good chicken pot pie. I, I, I had one, and I wished I had taken two, because someone at the terminal said, no, take two. No, I don't want, I don't want to be a hog. But, man, after I had that one, I wish I had taken two. So uh, big thanks to Butch and his his beautiful wife for, for doing that on their own time. And uh, so I'm seeing that this is, in a lot of ways, bringing out the best in people. And I'm, I hope I don't see the other side. Um, there's no guarantee I won't. But you well, know. some of your your narratives uh, actually, though, sort of describe what is to me like this 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 intensity, this growing intensity of these interactions with people that you know you don't know you that you just you have to interact with because of the nature of the work. Uh, and I, I'm just wondering, like, you know, is, is, do you have a sense that, that, that growing intensity that I sense anyway, is, is it getting more intense? Is it abating a bit or people that reach a plateau? Is it, you know, it's, it's really interesting when you, you know, you walk into a pilot. <clears throat> I'm just using pilot as an example, because that's our designated fuel stop pilot flying J. And you see this cashier, or, or you see a, a, a lady's cleaning showers, and 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 you know that this is what she does to make her living. Just like you, she she's working because that's how she <clears throat> supports herself. And and in in a moment, you just you just perceive that person in a complete a completely different way. This is someone who could easily uh, contract this virus and die at any time. And, and you, you, in that moment, you, you see them as a human being who's in a very vulnerable situation. And, and so it's, it's, I, I suppose it's, it's almost like um, scales coming off your eyes. I, I just have so much respect for these people who, who get in there and, and clean these showers. And I have to say, I, I have to just give, a huge nod to to Pilot and Flying J for the wonderful job they're doing uh, sanitizing these showers. I don't know what they're using now, but you get in there and man, that you can tell you're in a a really clean shower. 
and they're continuing to provide food. Um, you, you, yes, you don't have any tables, but we're going to probably bring some stadium chairs with us. Um, but I, I prepare a lot of my own food. Denise, you know, I, I, I've eaten two meals this week uh, that, that I got somewhere other than the truck, but I had a bunch of homemade chicken soup that she she sent me with, and and I've got a big old a mess of uh, red beans and bacon back there, and I've got a lot of different things I can eat. So I I kind of wonder if you know this is this is about insourcing as much as you can, and um, sort of quarantine. I mean, a truck in itself is does provide you a, a, almost like a natural quarantine if you can be very vigilant when you're in and out of facilities. Um, right. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm, um, I'm not an immunologist. I've got a, a class A CDL with a tanker endorsement. <laughs> but, um, but what I am going to do is when I get to the terminal here in a couple hours, I'm going to ask uh, to, for the, to have the CAT app uh, put on my phone so now you're not having to interact with that service then you've got the pilot flying j fuel app which you know now you don't have to interact with your fuel card and uh, one of our drivers wife is a registered nurse and she said you know your credit card can be an extremely dirty surface and yep. so so it's just you know sanitize your if you have to use your credit card sanitize that if you have to use uh, you know, obviously sanitize your phone, your devices. I mean, it's, I, I hate to be giving advice, but I'm just telling you what I'm trying to implement here. It's all well considered. And we've, I mean, we've, of course, in, in time like this, a little bit of extra vigilance, I think, uh, is, is something that most people are uh, employing, no doubt. Yeah, you know, I wonder, Todd, you know, if it's just foolhardy in and of itself to be driving a truck in this environment. But yet you have to wonder, you know, we live in an inter interdependent society, which which really is predicated on some people accepting more risk than others. I mean, what if every truck driver was so prudent that they went home and self-quarantined? I mean, imagine the outcomes from that decision. And so you still have those di I had a conversation with a very old friend last week. I'm talking five days ago. And this is not a stupid man. You know, he, he drives a brand new vehicle. He's got a 401k in the mid six figures. Um, he's not a stupid guy. And he adamantly believes this is all a hoax to upend the Trump administration. And, and, um, uh, I hate to say it, but we need that guy out there hauling food right now. Um, um, and, and so it's the irony is, is we're, we're really going to be dependent on an army of people who may not agree with others. And, and that's part of I kind of wonder, you know, I, I hate to put any sort of like over overarching meaning to any of this. Uh, there, there are going to be takeaways when it's all said and done. I don't know what that is, but um, there are going to be takeaways. That's all for this week. Keep tuned to overdriveonline.com for continuing, continuing coverage, of course. And Please, everybody be careful. Stay pro out there.